Welcome to Prep Talk, the emergency management podcast. Find out what you need to know about preparedness, get all the latest tips from experts in the field, and learn what to do before the next disaster strikes. From the emergency management department in the city that never sleeps, here are your hosts, Omar Bourne and Allison Panisi. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening. I'm Omar Bourne. And I'm Bushra Malik. And you are our listeners. And as always, we thank you for joining us. And Bushra, you're back. Oh, I am back. Allison is still out on maternity leave, so I'll be here until she comes back. <laughs> We're happy that you're here. Thanks for having me, Omar. And we want you to come back as often as you can. So feel free to add Prep Talk to your favorite RSS feed. You can also follow us on social media on our Twitter at NYC Emergency MGT, Facebook, or Instagram sites. As we always say, April showers, what do they bring, Bushra? I don't know, Omar. Why don't you tell me? Oh, you know, and our listeners know, April showers, they bring May flowers. But increases in frequency and intensity of rain can create potential flooding emergencies. So on this episode... We are talking with the New York City Department of Environmental Protection about the hazards of flooding. We have two special guests here to tell us more about what the city does to mitigate flood risks. But first, before we dive in, it is time to give our listeners the latest hot topics in the emergency management field. Here's your Prep Talk Situation Report. This is the Situation Report. Let's get started. Okay, our first story, Bushra, and for our listeners, is a story that we've been talking about now for a few weeks. It is dealing with the measles, and a state of emergency has been declared in Rockland County, New York, after the total number of measles cases have climbed to more than 150. Now... Anyone under the age of 18 who have not received a measles vaccine will be barred from accessing public spaces in Rockland County until they receive the vaccine or until the emergency declaration expires in 30 days. Public places are described as a place where more than 10 persons are intended to congregate for purposes such as civic, governmental, social, or religious functions, as well as recreation or shopping, for food or drink consumption, or awaiting transportation, and also for daycare or educational purposes, or for medical treatment. Now, according to the Rockland County Department of Health, of the reported measles cases, a total of 82% have not been vaccinated, and 85% of those are 18 years of age or younger. Measles is a highly contagious disease caused by a virus. Symptoms include high fever, cough, runny nose, red eyes, and sore throat, followed by a rash on the face that spreads over the entire body. So the Rockland County Department of Health and their partner clinics are going to be given free measles, mumps, and rubella vaccines. And as I said earlier, Bushra, uh, we had Dr. Daskalakis from the New York City Department of Health on a few episodes ago to talk about the measles. Uh, And he also refuted some of the myths that come along with measles. So we encourage our listeners to go back, take a listen to that episode. Lots of important information in there for you. Now, 
The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's latest Spring Outlook report forecasts elevated risks of flooding for the lower half of the United States this spring. Over half of the states will have elevated risks of flooding until May. Basins of the Upper Mississippi and the Red River of the North have already been hit with rain and snow this spring of up to twice normal levels. Mary C. Erickson, the deputy director of the National Weather Service, says that flooding this year could be worse than anything we've seen in recent years, even worse than the historic floods of 1993 and 2011. The recent floods in Nebraska, Minnesota, and Iowa are just a preview of what else could be expected this spring. Our next story is one that <laughs> I know Bushra is it's a fan of. a personal favorite of mine. Yeah. That's right. You picked this story. Now, could feeding birds be the answer to conservancy? Researchers at Virginia Tech think so. Ashley Dyer and Dana Hawley recently published their findings in People and Nature, a new journal published by the British Ecological Society. The researchers collaborated with Project Feeder Watch to analyze the relationship between the human bird feeders and birds. They found that most people notice natural changes in their backyards that could be due to the feeding including an increase in the number of birds at their feeders, a cat or hawk near their feeders, or a sick bird at their feeders. People who feed birds also respond to any potential threats to the birds by scaring away cats or other birds of prey. Americans spend more than $4 billion annually on bird food, with more than 57 million households that include feeders in the backyard. Bushra, are you one of those Americans that spend more than $4 billion on bird food? No, because I don't have a backyard. <laughs> but <laughs> I have had a, a hawk on my fire escape before, which was pretty cool. So, Did you feed it? No, I did not feed it. I was too scared of it. I'm just asking. I just look at it. I just watch it from a distance. <laughs> <laughs> and to our listeners, that is our Situation Report. Up next, we have two special guests. Natan Mandelbaum from New York City Department of Environmental Protection and Jessica Sanchez from New York City Emergency Management. They're going to join us to discuss how the city coordinates to mitigate flood risks. But first, here is a public service announcement from New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. Open calendar. What's my schedule looking like? Next Thursday, you will be caught in an emergency flash flood between Park and First Street. What? No, no, that doesn't work. I'm, I'm busy then. Decline. De decline. Disasters don't plan ahead, but you can. It starts with talking to your loved ones about making an emergency plan. So don't wait. Communicate. Get started today at nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311. Brought to you by New York City Emergency Management and the Ad Council. You're listening to Prep Talk, the emergency management podcast. You are listening to Prep Talk, and we are back. As we mentioned earlier, we are talking about flooding. Here to tell us more are Nate Mandelbaum, the Section Chief for Emergency Management at New York City Department of Environmental Protection, and Jessica Sanchez. Uh, she is the Deputy Director of Watch Command here at New York City Emergency Management. Thank you both for being here. Nate, we're going to start with you. Can you share with our listeners your day-to-day -day role? Sure. So uh, I'm the Section Chief for Emergency Management at New York City's Department of Environmental Protection Bureau of Water and Sewer Operations. Uh, DEP is a pretty large agency. Um, you know us best for providing one billion 
gallons a day of drinking water and wastewater services to the citizens of New York. Uh, my team is composed of two separate sections. One is my, the Emergency Communications Center, who interfaces with various federal, state, and local agencies who uh, require coordination with the agency, as well as a unit comprised of emergency managers, whose job it is, is to provide all, set, all forms of emergency management. Um, in my bureau, in my division, we have a, an emergency communication center very similar to that of Watch Command, as well as a, a number of emergency responders whose job it is to respond to emergencies, to coordinate them, to do planning, mitigation, uh, training and exercises, and um, all things emergency management. <laughs> sounds uh, intense. Uh, sounds like they have you busy on a daily basis. And a lot of it sounds similar to what Jessica does here uh, at Watch Command. So for our listeners, uh, Jessica, uh, let's hear about your role. Sure. So I help lead a staff of 35 people who are in charge of coordinating emergency activity and who are in charge of issuing alerts to the public 24 hours, seven days a week. Watch Command is the eyes and ears for the entire city, and we continuously provide information to other agencies as well as supporting City Hall in their decision-making process. That sounds really intense. If none of you have ever seen what Watch Command looks like, Jessica, I'm sure you're pretty busy every day, right? Yes, every day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's continue. So we know the geography of New York City leaves us vulnerable to a number of flooding events. Can you both speak to some of the challenges the city faces regarding flooding? Sure. So flooding can be due to a number of causes, including heavy rain, coastal flooding, and that can include high tides and storm surge, as well as climate change. DEP is constantly analyzing uh, data that we we receive from flooding concerns and investigating the cause of these complaints to better prevent flooding in the future. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, speaking about those challenges, uh, Nate, tell us a little bit about what DEP does to address those challenges. Well, to address some of the challenges prevented by floods, DEP has numerous multi-million dollar projects going on throughout the city. In fact, we recently announced infrastructure investments to tackle flooding in Bergen Beach, Brooklyn, and Eltingville, Staten Island, just to name a few. And in 2015, the de Blasio administration made a historic commitment of $1.9 billion, with a B, billion, <laughs> dollars, Sounds good. Sounds good. to build a comprehensive drainage system and alleviate flooding in neighborhoods throughout southeast Queens. With these projects and others, DEP is adding miles of storm sewers, hundreds of catch basins, and dozens of storm chambers to our existing infrastructures in various neighborhoods across the five boroughs to help alleviate street flooding. Another way DEP combats street flooding, particularly in Queens and Staten Island, is by building blue belts. These engineered waterways, constructed on city-owned property, collect stormwater from surrounding roadways and direct it towards enhanced wetlands allowing the water to be naturally filtered in order to protect the environment. I'm glad that you mentioned the catch basins because we're going to get into that question a little later. Uh, But before we get to that, Jessica, uh, I know New York City Emergency Management has established a flash flood emergency plan to mitigate the risk of floods. Can you tell us more about that? The Flash Flood Emergency Plan was created in 2007 and then later finalized in 2008. It's a plan that describes a coordinated response to possible flash flooding events in New York City. It contains ways to mitigate the effects it has on people, property, and addresses decisions and actions that will be required by each agency. 
That's right. You know, some of the agencies, so listeners, some of the agencies that we work with, we work closely with in regards to this flash flood plan actually includes, you know, so our agency, NYPD, FDNY, the Department of Environmental Protection. So that's a shout out to you right there, Nate. Um, We've got (laughs) the Department of Sanitation, Department of Transportation. We've got the Department of Parks and Recreation and the MTA to help mitigate the impact of flash floods. So this next question is for you, Nate. Are there some areas of our city that are more prone to flooding? And if so, how does DEP work with our agency, so New York City Emergency Management and other agencies, to address these flood-prone areas? Certainly. There are low-lying flood-prone areas scattered around the city. Before embarking on any infrastructure project in these areas, or other areas for that matter, DEP coordinates with our partners at DDC and DOT to review drainage plans and existing sewer networks, street configurations, road grading, etc., to see how we can best address these issues. As for storm coordination efforts, we work with NISM and periodically review the flash flood emergency plan and participate in the New York City Hazard Mitigation Plan. Wow. And really quick question, just for our listeners, can you just clarify what the DDC is? The Department of Design and Construction. They actually design the roadways. Oh, wow. I think something new. There's a lot that goes into making a road. (laughs) Oh, I'm I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, Now, Jessica, flash flood events can often happen with little or no warning. So how does emergency management work to inform the public about the potential for a flash flood event? You can register for emergency notifications by the free Notify NYC mobile application by visiting nyc.gov slash Notify NYC or contacting 311. And yeah, download the app on your Android or for people like me who are iPhone users. Android user right here. Uh, Bushra. Don't you. Bushra me. And, and Nate is also raising his hand that he's an Android user. So. I am oh, too. Yeah. Oh, oh my three goodness. I'm one. outnumbered. <laughs> you this are is not good. You, you can gotta either join have a great side. phone or you can have an iPhone. <laughs> okay. okay. Shots fired. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but yeah, you can download for our listeners. Uh, feel free to go uh, to the App Store uh, or Google Play uh, to download the app. You can also call 311. And one thing that I want to mention uh, during flash flood emergencies, we work closely with National Weather Service and they will actually send out a wireless emergency alert, uh, a WIA, we like to call it in the industry. Uh, that's the message that pings your phone that, eh, that you hear uh, to warn you about uh, an impending flash flood. So, you know, there's different ways in which we work. Uh, together with National Weather Service and other agencies to get the word out that there's going to be flash flooding. Now, Nate, uh, next question, clearing debris from catch basins. You mentioned the catch basins earlier. Now, that can be a a very effective way to reduce the risk of flooding. There are approximately 140,000 catch basins. Is that that correct? That is correct. My goodness, those are... A lot of catch basins around the city. That's correct. That can be a difficult undertaking to clear all of those catch basins. So how does DEP ensure that the catch basins are cleared prior to potential flooding? So prior to potential flooding, uh, DEP crews move from neighborhood to neighborhood 
cleaning every catch basin along the way and removing debris that might otherwise clog sewers or pollute local waterways. Public outreach is also available through the DEP website, and there is a 311 portal to allow the public to report debris on basins or clogged catch basins. Also, DEP has a catch basin inspection unit that annually inspects every single one of those 140 thousand plus catch basins. Additionally, last year our two agencies launched a new partnership where we teamed up to combat water-related emergencies through New York City Emergency Management's Community Emergency Response Teams, otherwise known as CERTs. Mm -hmm. Through this partnership, teams provide community support to monitor and respond to water emergencies and assist in various roles. CERT volunteers help to report suspected water conditions to 311, clear leaves, and other debris from the catch basins before and after heavy rains, patrol, and provide preparedness education for the rain hazards. And that's a shout out to our CERT teams. Uh, and we see uh, the valuable training that they, uh, that they take and how that can be effective in helping the community uh, to really go out there, help clean catch basins, and to work with DEP uh, to do that. So we appreciate the work that our CERT volunteers uh, that they do on uh, a daily basis and specifically uh, before emergencies. Yeah, and just really quick, shameless plug here, but if you're interested in becoming a CERT volunteer, check out nyc.gov slash CERT. We but, love shameless plugs, so that's okay. <laughs> shameless plugs. <laughs> yeah. No, but definitely, you know, it's, it's it really is a great program and they do their very best to really help out the city. So, uh, Jessica, I actually have this question for you. So what if any resources, does New York City Emergency Management provide to DEP to assist with the clearing of these catch basins? I would say the biggest resource we provide to DEP is information. We have our own responders that are giving us real-time road reports, and we provide that information to DEP if we have a large water condition in a certain area, and we're also filtering through social media, we look for photos um, from the public to see if there are issues that we're unaware of, and we p provide that information to DEP. That's really yeah. interesting. I think people don't realize that, you know, we are looking at all of this content. We're listening, right? Yes. Yeah. So I want to switch gears uh, to personal preparedness. Nate, what are some of the things that people can do to prepare before a flood? Well, there's really a lot you can do. Mm -hmm. So uh, if there are low points around the foundation of your home or other pathways to unprotected garages or basement doors below street level, water can find its way into your home. Additionally, concrete sidewalks and patios are impervious services that don't absorb stormwater. So creating green spaces and using porous paving stones around your home can help reduce the amount of stormwater runoff your property sends to these sewers. You can also reduce the risk of flooding by sealing cracks and foundation walls and considering the use of appropriate barriers. Sandbags can be a cost-effective option to block water from entering some of the spaces in your home. Mm -hmm. Other barrier options may include window wells, flood walls around your doors, and floodgates at driveway entrances. Directing stormwater from your roof and porch away from the foundation walls of your home is critical to keeping your basement dry. Clean your gutters regularly to prevent stormwater from overflowing onto the walls and connect downspouts to appropriate drains. Consider installing a rain barrel as an alternative method of capturing stormwater. You and your neighbors can also help reduce flooding by disposing of litter properly and by carefully removing leaves or trash from catch basin grates before or during a rain event. All of these helpful hints can be found in our Homeowner's Guide to Rain Event Preparedness. You can find that on our website. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, the website so far, listeners who may want to log on and get some more information. Uh, where can they go? Sure. 
It's www.nyc.gov slash DEP. Wonderful. And, uh, you know, uh, we're talking a lot about New York City, but there's a lot of practical information within what Nate just shared with us that anyone uh, across the world can use, um, you know, having sandbags, making sure that you're clearing your leaves uh, before rainfall. And one of the interesting things that Nate talked about uh, was catching the, the, the storm water. Yeah. Because I grew up in Barbados and I remember when it rained, my grandmother would put a bucket outside uh, oh, wow. various points. And as the rain kind of fell off of the roof, we would catch that water and then we would use it sure. to water plants and for other stuff. So that's quite interesting. Oh, wow. Environmentally <laughs> friendly grandma. I love yeah. it. You can also check our website every now and again. We're giving those away for free. Oh, <laughs> Wait, those buckets or free water? I'm tell my, water collections. I'm going to tell my 91-year-old grandmother who lives in Barbados still, uh, God bless her soul, to uh, check the DEP website and get more information. <laughs> Shipping and handling costs apply. Oh, yeah, oh my God. <laughs> I'll take it back with me the next time I visit. Now, I've got a general question for the both of you. So how about during a flood? What are some key tips people should remember? Yeah. So if you're caught in the rain, you want to avoid trying to walk through and drive through flooded areas. The National Weather Service has a slogan that says, turn around, don't drown. So make sure you turn around and don't drown. <laughs> um, and as well as if you're in any immediate danger, always remember to call 911. That's an important tip. Sure. So uh, one thing that we would like to tell our listeners is, uh, number one, always report street and highway flooding to 311. Obviously, 911 if there's a life-threatening emergency. Mm -hmm. This is how DEP gets its information. We know where to respond during an event. What homeowners can also do is take a look to see if the catch basin that is in that area might be covered with debris, in which case you could possibly alleviate the flooding condition yourself by raking the debris off of the basin. Wonderful. That's great information. And of course, if you are in New York City, as we mentioned earlier, make sure you're signed up for Notify NYC because that's where we share the emergency information uh, regarding flooding. Yeah, I think it's also a really interesting reminder for our listeners how closely all of our agencies work together to make sure that New Yorkers are safe. So, Nate, what you were just saying with making sure the public you know, sees these flooded uh, roads or streetways and then they call 311 and then they let yep. you know. So it's really sort Absolutely. of this like, I've used this word all the time. I think it's one of my favorite words, but we all work in a symbiotic way to make sure that, you know, the city is always up and running, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And can I just say that I love when you use that word? symbiosis because as i always say it's the only thing that i remember from my science classes anyway so but you know what we've enjoyed this conversation and as we've said uh april showers they do bring may flowers so we're hoping more for may flowers and less for flooding but as bush read in the sit report uh we may be in for a lot of uh rain in some parts of the country so uh, the steps and the tips that we took here today and that you heard can help you uh, prepare before uh, a flood emergency. We are not done yet. What's up next, Bushra? It is rapid response time. It's time for Prep Talk Rapid Response. 
It is rapid response time, and if you are a first-time listener, it is simple. Omar and I will ask our guests a few questions, and they will give the first answer that comes to mind. Let us get into it. All right, Nate, we're going to start with you. What is the one emergency item that you cannot live without? Omar, that'll be water. <laughs> we're always pushing the water. <laughs> I, I have to say that every time we ask this question on the episode, at least one person says water. Jessica, how about you? What's uh, the emergency item that you cannot live without? Water. Yeah? That's what I was going to say. Water. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're two for two here. That's fine. We can have the same answer, right? We all have to stay hydrated. So, Jessica, let's start with you on this one. What is your favorite TV show or movie? So right now, my favorite show is Grace and Frankie on Netflix. Never heard of it. Justin, who is one of our producers, uh, <laughs> is given a thumbs up. So apparently he likes it. Nate, what about you? Favorite show or movie? So um, maybe you knew this about me. Maybe you don't. But I don't actually own a television. Okay. So oh. for the last 15 years or so, I have not owned a television. So prior to that, it was Seinfeld. Ah. I love, this is my guy right here. <laughs> oh my Round of applause. I changed my name to Mandelbaum after, you know, the Mandelbaum, yeah. Mandelbaum, yeah. Mandelbaum. Are you serious? No. no, no. I'm, not <laughs> serious. I'm not serious. Sorry, sorry I don't. The I don't, I don't, best. That would seem like a lot of work to get to that joke, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> the best comedy ever. Seinfeld. Shout out to Jerry Seinfeld if you're listening to Prep Talk, That's which you probably though. aren't. But shout out to Jerry Seinfeld anyway. Uh, next question. What is currently on your playlist? Jessica, start with you here. So I have a large mix of music that I listen to from Spanish music to classic rock, a little bit of old 90s, early 2000s hip hop. So mm -hmm. I just a mix of everything. Are, are you an Osuna fan? No. Oh. <gasps> no. Right? It's so typical. I should be, right? <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily. So I don't know if you knew this about me, but I don't actually own a radio. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, um, actually, I'm a classic rocker. All things classic rock. If you're a uh, if you're a New Yorker, I'm a 104.3 guy. Mm -hmm. uh, and this, I'm a little bit, you know, I do have two kids. So I have that. And the Greatest Showman soundtrack. All right. So this next question is one of my favorites because I love to eat. What is your favorite meal? So, Nate, what's yours? That is hands down sushi. Um, no question. In fact, I already placed my order. I'm actually picking it up literally right after this show. Oh, wow. <laughs> what did you order? Uh, well, um, <laughs> there'll be a salmon avocado roll, a tuna avocado roll, and a cherry blossom roll, which is tuna and avocado, tuna, salmon, and avocado mixed. Oh, that sounds very intense. Yeah, I didn't realize the show's getting all personal. Uh, <laughs> you know, we I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> we like to give our listeners an inside look into uh, our guests. Yeah, you know? no ginger ever, only start. wasabi. So, oh wow! I gotta say, I'm not really, I'm not a sushi person, but you know, to each his own, I <laughs> guess. And barbecue. I'm, I'm into barbecue. Sushi already. and barbecue. Yep. Not together. But yeah, not awful. barbecue sushi. <laughs> Don't disgusting. do that together. Right? Yeah. Jessica, Jessica, what about you? Uh, mashed potatoes, uh, breaded chicken cutlet, and a nice salad on the side. Wow. All right. My favorite. How do you mm. like your mashed potatoes? Do you like them creamy or chunky? Creamy. Oh, yes. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, the last question here. Uh, sum up the work that you do in one word. Nate. Important. Mm. You do have a we, very We provide job. a billion gallons of water to the city in a system that has been in place for 
well over a hundred years. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of emergency management. It takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of work with both internal into the DEP and outside the DEP to keep that water moving. And we appreciate the work that you do to make sure that we have nice, clean water here in New York City. Best in the country. There you go. Jessica, how about you? I think his response was more than one word. But I'll go with <laughs> operational. One word, operational. Ah, <laughs> shots fired, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like it. Things are getting heated. Uh, well, we appreciate having both of you on the show today. Uh, to talk about how our listeners can prepare before flood emergencies and also what the city is doing. And remember, if you uh, need more information, uh, nyc.gov slash DEP. Lots of great, valuable information on that website uh, and nyc.gov slash emergency management as well. Uh, all the information that you need to know about how you can prepare and what the city is doing to help you Uh, with flood emergencies. And really quick, guys, don't forget, please subscribe to the Notify NYC app. Download the app for your phone or subscribe to Notify NYC by visiting nyc.gov slash Notify NYC. That's this episode of Prep Talk. If you like what you heard, you can listen anytime online or through your favorite RSS feed. Until next time, stay safe and prepared.